the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. And there's a classic for every craving. Mix and match two for just $3.50. Like a McChicken, a McDouble, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Call all hands. Beat to quarters. Stand by this tower battery. One broadside into it, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Linstocks ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Fire! Presenting Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's indomitable man of the sea, Horatio Hornblower. Chadwick. Uh, yes, yes, he was a midshipman with me under Pellew. Well, he's a, 
Oh, here's my coach, at last. I'll drive you to the Admiralty and give you your orders. Uh, jump in, Hornblower. Thank you, sir. Chadwick had the 18-gun brig flame. Uh, the crews mutinied in the Bay of the Seine and are holding him and the other officers hostage. Uh, they turned a master's mate and four loyal hands adrift in a gig with, with an ultimatum addressed to the Admiralty. Uh-huh. Uh, the gig made Bembridge last night, and uh, here's the papers they brought. What's the ultimatum, my lord? They want an amnesty blast him. We're to hang Chadwick and forgive the loss of them, or they'll they'll hand the brig over to the French. The crazy fools. Yeah, mind you, it's possible they had some cause. Chadwick's in his fifties and still only a lieutenant. He was always bad-tempered, and lack of promotion made him worse. The coach drew into the Admiralty Yard, and I followed the First Lord to his room. I give you a free hand and you can set about it any way you like. Mm. I can spare you three ships of the line if you want them, a couple of frigates, bomb vessels, there's even a, a rocket vessel if you think you could use it. Yes, I, it doesn't seem the sort of situation where sheer force would be of much use, my lord. Will you uh, give me full powers, well, to negotiate, for instance? No, damn it, I will not negotiate. Well, I know what you're up against. Those insolent swine can slip into the mouth of the Seine and give themselves up at the first sign of danger. Yes, well, if they do that, Bonaparte will have his finest propaganda story in 20 years. Yes, I know, yeah, I know. It's, it's brains that are needed here. Now, that's why I sent for you. Besides, the seamen like you, Hornblower. They follow you and listen to you. Yes, but if you want me to talk to them, it implies that I'm negotiating, my lord. No negotiations. We've had enough of that in 94. Well, then, the carte blanche you gave me is no more than the usual naval officer's orders, my lord. Forgive me if I point out my position, sir, but this is a difficult task. Failure endangers the country and makes me the laughing stock of the Navy. Success brings no honor, for it must remain secret. I submit, sir, that the least I should have is full power to do whatever seems best on the spot. Uh, oh, all right, you shall have your powers. I'll draw up the orders to that effect. You'll hold your appointment as Commodore, of course, Cattle. Oh, they're used to it. 
Any orders when we sight the flame, sir? We'll deal with the situation when it arises, Mr. Freeman. My orders give me power to negotiate, but I feel that negotiation would be a sign of weakness. Somehow or other, I shall have to trick a hundred English seamen into my power so that they can be hanged or flogged for something... Oh, I might feel like doing myself under similar circumstances. I don't envy you your job, sir. Um, anything wrong, sir? You look a bit... Uh, 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 going below, just um, call me if necessary. Better now, sir. Like old days, big you see again, sir. You always was seasick at the start of a trip, sir. Confound your insolence, Brown. I am not sick, sir. Merely tired. Yes, of course you're tired, sir. This bucking on plunging not to tire anyone. <laughs> uh, wouldn't you go on deck again, sir? The leadership asked me to see that you wore this silk scarf she made for you. It's very light and warm as a toaster. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, leave it there. Uh, aye, sir. That gale was interminable. Night and day it raged. And though Freeman clawed into it as much as he dared, I knew that it was gradually drifting us away from the course we needed to make to find the mutineers. In the meantime, I fought my squeamish stomach, learned my way about the ship, and tried to pretend to myself that I should know how to handle mutineers when the time came. Freeman was a good captain. His vessel was well kept and his crew as happy as any crew could be in such weather and circumstances. The whole crew's been buzzing with pleasure, Sir Horatio, since you recognized that seaman yesterday. It's not often they see a commodore shake hands with an ordinary seaman. He taught me a lot of good work, Mr. Freeman. You won't really tell the men why you're here, will you, sir? Afraid I'll have to. We may have to fight, and I can't ask Englishmen to kill Englishmen without some explanation. Well, the watch is changing now. This will be as good time as any. You'll have the goodness to summon the mark, will you? Yeah, very well, sir. Raise you. Mr. Carlo! Aye, sir. All hands must Happy enough and flattered at being 
work now. And remember, I shall expect unquestioning obedience. Bring away the last chance. 
To enter now with Mr. Chadwick unbound and the ship in good order, and that will weigh heavily in your favor. Refuse, and what can you look for? Death. That's all death. Nothing can save you from your country's vengeance. Uh, nothing? <laughs> Picking your pardon, but pony can. You trust Bonaparte's word? Sure. He'd like to have this ship, no doubt, but you and your gang. He won't encourage mutiny. His power rests too much on his own army. He'll hand you back to be made an example of. <laughs> Will he now? Look at these letters. Three of them. No, no. I'll keep hold of them. Thank you. This is from the military governor of Arbor Grace. And that only promises us a welcome. This is from the prefect of the Department of the Inferior Saint. It promises us provisions and water if we need them. And this is a letter from Paris sent down to us by post. It promises us immunity from arrest, civil rights in France, and a pension for every man from the age of 60. And do you know who it's signed by? Marie-Louise. Empress, Queen, and Regent. <laughs> Boney won't go back on his wife's world. <laughs> you mean to tell me, ma'am, that you've been in communication with the shore? Aye, we have. And if you had the prospect before you were being flogged round the fleet, you'd do the same. And I shall want his mates and every hand who can use a needle and palm. Yes, but what... Uh, 
Uh, aye, aye, sir. Hey, you may tell me, Drake, Mr. Carlo. Hurry, please. Aye, aye, sir. Look at the flame, Mr. Freeman. You said yourself that she's an exact replica of the Port Australia. But there's one difference which I think could be remedied. I confess, sir, I don't understand. But... Now, here's Swenson, the sailmaker. Oh, come here, Swenson. You take my glass and carefully study that patched foretopsail on the flame. Can you see it? Well, then mark it well. I want this ship to have a foretopsail just like that, so that no eye can distinguish any difference between the two. Can that be done? Aye, sir, I can do that. Well, might I ask what's in your mind, Sir Horatio? You may, Mr. Freeman. What I propose is this. Flame and Porter Taylor are as like as two peas, as you said yourself. And they'd be like a yet when we bend that foretopsail. The mutineers have been in communication with the shore, and they have a promise of immunity if they go in. But we don't want them to go in, sir. No, and she won't. Sweet won't give himself up to the French unless he's driven to it, so we won't drive him. We'll sail into the mist, but we'll go in, Mr. Freeman. And they'll think we are the flame, don't you see? We'll sail in as safely as though we were going into Portsmouth Harbor. My heavens, sir, it's brilliant. <laughs> Horatio Hornblower, starring Michael Redgrave, is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.